Have you ever just wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? The thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world just a little bit more like Jesus than we found it. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering on my friends in the pursuit of making God known through their unique calling. So buckle up because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. I'm your host, Rebecca Dotson-George, and welcome to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. Hey friends, thanks for listening to another episode of the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. The music in the background is the song Yours by our good buddy Katie Hurst, so definitely go give her music a listen if you have not already. And today is such a treat as we usher in the holiday season, we have none other than Mike Quillen Smith. You may know her as the nester on the show today. My Quillen has never met a home she didn't love. She and her husband and their three boys have been fixing up their North Carolina fixer-upper for the last seven years, and her favorite place on earth is floating in the pool in her own backyard. She is the Wall Street Journal best-selling author of Cozy Minimalist Home and The Nesting Place. And in September of this year, she released her third book, Welcome Home, which we talk all about. And so I know this is going to be such an important conversation during this season, and I can't wait to share it with you. So let me introduce you to my new friend, Mike Quillen. Okay, girl, I am so excited today to talk about your new book, Welcome Home, and It's so fun to think about by the time people listen to this, it will have been out in the world for a minute or two because it comes out in September. So I'd love for you to start out by just telling listeners a little bit about your heart for the book and what they can expect. Oh, well, thanks for asking about it. Thanks for having me here. Um, What they can expect, it's it's so funny when you title a book because all the expectations are like, what is that? What's that title going to tell people that it's about? And this book really is about, it is truly about having a welcoming home. Mm -hmm. And the focus is thinking about celebrating the seasons uh, and the celebrations in your home by Mm -hmm. decorating for the seasons. And then by thinking about like really what hosting is, some tips for hosting for people that are maybe not hosting as much as they want or hosting a lot and getting tired or want to find a different way to host. Um, so it's kind of a two parter, but, um, I've got, I've written a couple other books. One's all about like imperfections and accepting that in your home, which I think is such a great place to start. The next one's really about like decorating, like, Oh, where should I put the sofa and what size rug should I get? But this one is the one that people are like, okay, but, um, can you just help me decorate for fall? (laughs) Yes. And so I feel like this is what the people really want. I mean, this is the nitty gritty. This is give the people we what are they all, want. Yeah, like we're all getting ready to decorate for Christmas. Like, yeah, yeah just help me figure that out, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it, and I'm already thinking about how overwhelmed it can feel during that time of year to just have the perfect looking living room and all the things. And so, I know a lot of listeners are probably feeling that overwhelm as they're listening even now with decorating their home. So how would you encourage listeners to make their home feel seasonal without letting the decorating of it all take over their lives? 
Well, I love that question because I think it's like the dirty little secret of um, creating in our home and something that maybe we don't want to admit or we'll talk about like with our sister or something. But the truth is sometimes we kind of get ourselves, we work ourselves into a frenzy and for some reason, especially when it comes to seasonal decorating, especially our major holiday, like Christmas, we, a lot of us experience like some overwhelm, maybe even some shame or some guilt around that, some expectations from other people, from our immediate family and from ourselves. And I say, whenever that happens, that's like, that is our life. That is our home trying to communicate with us and get our attention. And if you are feeling overwhelmed with your seasonal decorating, I think that is a red flag for yourself to say, well, hold on a minute. Let me think about this. And I know that because that exact thing happened to me where I was like, oh, this is so exhausting and I'm not looking forward to this and this is hard and I'm tired and I don't like the way it looks and now I have to start all over. And I just thought, well, this is not, this is not festive. I don't want, I should, the mom should feel festive too. And I'm not, I'm feeling like I'm lugging out bins and I'm not happy with this. And it was a little part-time job on a Saturday and that is not how it has to be. Mm, Yeah. That's so encouraging because I think it's so easy to fall into the comparison trap and all of those things during this time of year, which totally takes us away from the reason why we celebrate anyway. And so it's helpful to hear that one, you're not alone and that we don't have to do it all and all those things. So another thing that I love that you talk about a lot is shopping your home. And I love this. So I'd love for you to talk about what does that mean and how can listeners do this as we prepare for the holidays? Well, I have found that a lot of times when you are talking to someone, um, and they're like, oh, I, I hate my family room or, oh, I need to, um, I'm ready to do, redo my mantle for Christmas. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, the place we feel like we have to start is the furniture store or the seasonal aisle at Hobby mm-hmm. Lobby. And that's a fine place. I love furniture stores. I love that seasonal aisle at Hobby <laughs> Lobby. But that is not where we need to start. Really, the first place to start is with your your intention, with paying attention to your room and how your family needs to use it and uh, what you expect out of it. But also, once you do that and you kind of know those answers, to start in your own home and to shop your house, especially right now. I mean, I don't know what's going to be happening when this uh, comes out, but right now some of us can't go shopping or shopping is difficult or we might not have as much money as we've had in the past to go shopping. some of us don't need more stuff. Some of us mm-hmm. have enough stuff. And so, but we want something fresh. We want something that feels different. We want a creative spark. And so I have found one of the reasons I found this is because I've lived in 14 different houses. So it's forced me <laughs> to use stuff in different ways. Yeah. But sometimes you can get that fix. You can get that little change, that little creative spark just by trying your own things in different places. And so that could be as small as, you know what, I'm ready for some bright reds in my home. It's December 1st. I want to bring red in and shopping your house, walking around each room and just looking for pops of red. And that might mean Mm -hmm. opening the linen closet and finding a red tablecloth that for me, a lot of times it means bringing down a stack of red books, like vintage, beautiful books and stacking them somewhere and then going to the yard and finding something with red berries and um, I have, I keep a little closet with like different pillow covers. I'm a big fan of pillow covers. Oh, they nice. unzip and you can wash them. And so I'll look for something with maybe some red in it there. And so it's really easy instead of thinking, I got to paint my walls a whole new color if I yeah. want red or I have to buy the sofa or buy a new art. No, no, no. 
you probably already have read things. Maybe it's the pinch pot your child brought home from school, whatever it is, just bring those in and they might do the trick or they might help you know, I love this color. I want more of it. Or I hate this color. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad I didn't go invest in stuff. So just, you know, and from the small thing, it could be to the large thing. Like, let me try this dresser in another room. Let me give it a new purpose. Maybe it needs to be a sideboard in the dining room or a changing table in the nursery allowing your stuff to play different roles in different rooms of your house is how we create a home that really partners with us in what our family needs in whatever current situation you're in. That's really cool. And we've even done that in several places in our home lately. So my husband and I, we got married a little over a year ago and we moved or I moved into the rental house he was in before we got married, which was interesting, combining lives into a, into a small house. But about six months ago, God just totally opened up just the perfect house for us in this season. It was really cool. And so we were able to kind of combine our stuff in a way that we weren't, you know, in the very beginning. And my husband had been gifted a kitchen table and chairs that are really cute. It's I think they were built in the 30s, so just very, very well made. But the stain of the wood of the chairs actually matched this table that my grandfather built me really well. And it'll be the kitchen table that I have until I die. And so we actually combined those chairs with my table. And we just had a conversation last night about recovering the chairs and stripping Uh, kind of that glossy finish off of them. So they kind of match the, you know, the table a little better. And so it's just so fun to think of things like that, that you already have that maybe you can combine together or position in a new way, like you're talking about. That's so fun and can make some really fun projects when you have the time, which probably isn't now during the holidays, (laughs) but those projects are so fun. So when this episode drops, we'll be kind of in the thick of fall decor, but I don't want to miss that opportunity. So I'd love if you were to give listeners just like a couple tidbits for fall decor, a couple tips, what would those be? Uh, One would be don't feel like you have to mimic those beautiful Instagram photos Mm -hmm. where they have 83 pumpkins on the front porch. Mm-hmm. You can have an abundant, cozy looking fall vignette with one or two pumpkins. And there's nothing wrong if you have a pumpkin patch and you have 87 pumpkins, by all means. But I think there's this feeling that, oh, if I see three more porches with overflowing pumpkins, that must be the only way to do it. And mm-hmm. so I would ask you to challenge yourself and say, well, what can I, could I get a beautiful look with one with less. And I know that's kind of my heart. I'm a cozy minimalist at heart. And so Mm. I want to get the most amount of style with the least amount of stuff. I still want it to look beautiful. I still want it to reflect my style, but I don't want to have to spend an afternoon or all my money or all my time shopping for lots of little things. And so instead of lots of smalls, I go for one or two big statement things. So Mm. instead of lots of small pumpkins, I'm going to go to the farmer's market and I'm going to buy the biggest, juiciest, fattest, most glorious pumpkin and have my statement pumpkin. And that can be sitting next to my one planter next to my front door. He gets all the attention and I don't have to lug around lots of little pumpkins. So thinking more in like one statement piece instead of lots of Lots of little things trying to have a voice. I think you can hear things visually, hear them. I know that sounds like mixing metaphors there. But um, when you have less items, but they have a stronger presence. So thinking Mm -hmm. like that has helped me a lot. 
and then also just um, going outside and using branches using mm. I love to find like a branch that still has all the dried leaves on it and like breaking that off mm-hmm. really tall like a three foot tall putting that in a big vase in my kitchen it mm. has presence it feels like fall and when it's done I don't have to pack it away I just throw it back into the yard and so finding things that I can decorate with that I don't have to store for mm. 11 months out of the year has been a real gift to me and challenging as well. But then it also allows me to mix it up. If I don't want a green pumpkin one year, if I don't want an orange pumpkin, I can kind of change that up. So I would say that as well. That's awesome. I'm even just looking over here to to the side and I have a big Tupperware container full of all of my holiday decor because I don't have anywhere else to put it, you know? And so I do have it all in one place but it's helpful to think of those things that you can kind of put together and throw in the yard or whatever. I love using those kind of <laughs> natural things because that would be so helpful. So, and I'm sure you could think of so many things you could do like that for winter as well. So yeah, it's so fun. So I'd love to talk a little bit about another thing that you talk about, which is a consumer winter versus a creator winter. So could you talk about that a little bit? Yes. And I think it applies to all of the seasons. So with every season, before I begin to kind of seasonalize my house, Mm -hmm. I have to set my mindset up. Am I going to approach this like a consumer or like a creator or Mm -hmm. like the creator really? And so I think in the past, I really approached every season like a consumer, like, okay, My kids love summer. My kids love winter, whatever it is. And I want my house to reflect that. That's important to me. It still is. And so I guess what I need to do is go to the target aisle of all the seasonal stuff and load my cart up and Mm -hmm. sprinkle that all over my house and done. And that's kind of the way of the consumer. And now when I think in the way of a creator, the creator is I kind of mimic what's happening in nature and how God created the seasons to kind of perennial things happen outside. And we know what season it is whenever we're walking outside because of what we experience with our five senses. Mm. And so to bring that in and to apply that same thing to our home is such an easy way to um, add like layers of coziness and layers of Mm -hmm. seasonality without only requiring just the visual and like expecting so much from that visual decor. And so that means thinking about the sense of smell and what can I add a layer of scent to my home for Mm -hmm. every season? There might be, you know, essential oils or room spray or lovely candles. What can I add that, um, the sense of touch is really using, you know, bringing that in. So maybe some fur blankets in the winter or something shiny and very thin in the summer, whatever that is, whatever, however that looks like for you. I know we change out flannel sheets. I add slippers. Everyone can wear those because we have wood floors everywhere. Um, We have really cozy pillows and then they're too hot in the summer. I'm not going to have a fur throw, you know, so I'll switch that out for something striped and lightweight. Um, Even thinking about, for um, the, I have musical playlists because I want a layer of sound it takes mm-hmm. up no space in the house. And so do I have speakers to play my playlist? Do I have a playlist prepared for every season? Um, and thinking about the taste, I want to make sure I'm serving food that makes sense for the season as I'm cooking mm-hmm. it, you can smell it. So what happens is, you know, you're doing all this stuff, your kids are at school and they come home and you have cider on the stove, you have your fall playlist playing, you have your fall scented candle, uh, and maybe some cozy throws out, and they're going to notice and they're going to say it feels like fall. 
Yeah. Without yeah. any decor. Now you can still add decor. And I sure do, but I am relying less on filling every surface. So it keeps my house a lot more simple, mm-hmm. but, and then it's adding those consumables that we're going to use anyway. I'm going to buy food anyway. We're going to listen to something anyway, but mm-hmm. to have this seasonal rhythm, and it like creates a perennial home that really feels in keeping with what's happening in the world. And it just makes sense. I love that. And I think we, we think about a lot of those things at Christmas, but I don't think I think about those things in the three other seasons. And that's really, that's really cool to keep in mind as seasons turn, even spring and like music, like Colby Clay and things like that are things I would listen to in the spring where I wouldn't listen to that in the winter, you know? And so it's It's addicting. Once you start paying attention, Mm -hmm. you're going to want to make a playlist for every season. And I bet you already do things seasonalizing your house for every season. You just don't realize you get the beach towels out in the, you know, the end of spring, you're putting the school bags away at the, uh, at the end, in the beginning of summer, you're putting, getting stuff ready, even right now, back to school, even if school's at home, like we're doing things, we're just not like giving ourselves credit for it. Sure. And I think it's being intentional about that as well. And, you know, none of these things that you're saying are, are rocket science or super difficult to implement. It's just being <laughs> intentional about it as the seasons turn is, is really cool. So one of the things that I love to camp out on for a little bit, because I do think this will really relate and resonate with our listeners is hospitality, which is something that you talk about a lot in the new book. And one quote that you say that I love is hosting is never about the host and hospitality is never really about the home. And so how would you encourage somebody who is maybe again, super overwhelmed with the idea of hospitality and you know, how, how could they, how would you define hospitality for them and help them see that in a not overwhelming way? Well, I would say hospitality is really just creating a safe place for people to connect doesn't even have to be inside your house. It could be at the Mm -hmm. park. It could be in your car. It can be in your backyard. Um, And also I think that hospitality is best served when we are in the right mindset. Mm -hmm. If you are hosting out of guilt, um, if you're hosting and exhausted and overwhelmed, I think you need to give yourself grace and give yourself some time and cancel. I know we've had times that um, it just, I knew if I had people over, I would not be able to create that safe space for connection because I wasn't in a place where I could listen or ask the next right question. And um, that's what hospitality is. It isn't just having someone over because it's Sunday after lunch or every Friday. It's really putting yourself in a place where you can be and be present. And that can take a lot, especially for introvert. I'm an introvert. I don't know if you are or not. But um, that takes a toll on me. (laughs) So I had to be in the right place. And and that might mean like for maybe I won't be hospitable for a few weeks or a few months. And yeah. I think that's okay. Like, I do think there are some of us that are putting high expectations on, you know, I, I, I value hospitality. So that means I need to be doing it all the time or about, I value hospitality. And um, I have a lot of mixed emotions about it because I'm not crazy about how my house feels, but that feels like I'm being materialistic. So I guess I just have to have people over anyway. Mm. And I say, I understand that. And I think there's a middle ground there. I think those of us that value hospitality, a lot of times we do value home and we want to feel confident about how our home looks and feels and how it serves people. And um, most of the women I 
meet and I talk to are not looking to create an impressive home to show off. We want to create a beautiful, welcoming home so that we can use it the way we've always dreamed. So we can use it to serve people. And I want to say that is a wonderful goal. And if you feel like you're not there yet, I want to help you with that. Like if you hate your sofa, you know, no matter where your heart is, if you hate your sofa and are comfortable with your house or don't have a sofa, it's really hard to host people when you're preoccupied with the fact that they have to sit on the floor or maybe they're uncomfortable. And so it's a partnership of understanding there's going to be some imperfections and those imperfections actually are really, they're like a part of our, they're on our team to -hmm. allow people to feel connected. But until we get there, there's no amount of like DIY and fun little tricks and pretty sofas (laughs) that will fix that. Like first you got to be okay with like true hospitality, true connection and understanding the role that imperfection plays. No one wants to go to a house that's perfect. No one wants a friend that pretends to be perfect. We all know that surface level, but when it comes to applying that, it gets hard. But like when we really begin to believe that, and that might start with noticing the people in our life who have been extra hospitable to us Mm. uh, and noticing that, oh, you know what? I went to their house and there were dishes on the sink. Mm. There were toys on the floor and I loved it. I've never felt more comfortable in my house, in my life, in someone else's house. Or you think about maybe when you felt uncomfortable and maybe the house was gorgeous, but there was something there that you could not open up. And then if you turn that and apply that to your own hospitality, it changes things. And so really the very first thing is to get okay with imperfect circumstances. That's so good. And it makes me think of a personal example. So I have a friend Her name is Gina. I brag about her all the time on the show. So people probably feel like they know Gina, but Gina was a mentor of mine before I got married and she was, and still is in the thick of motherhood. So she has a daughter going into gosh, probably second grade now one going into kindergarten and one that's like pre-K. And so when I was living up in Tennessee and we were neighbors, they were just, I mean, they were like five, three and one, right? Like just some tough ages and they were all girl. And, um, Gina and I went to church together and became really close friends, but she was that friend that was like three steps ahead of me in life. And the thing I'll always remember about Gina was how at home I felt in her home. And it had absolutely nothing to do with what her house looked like. You know, I mean, her home was filled with chaos 24 seven, right? Because that's just the season that she was in. But, but the fact that, you know, I was single, I was in kind of this, this tough stage of life where I was waiting on the Lord for a spouse and was in the midst of career life and all those things. She would call and say, you know, I've got a pot of coffee on if you want to just come over and talk. Mm -hmm. I've got the girls occupied and she just created this space to be hospitable and believe me, it was never perfect, you know, and it. it was really special for me also as somebody being mentored by her to see that her marriage, her motherhood, mm-hmm. all of those things were not perfect because I mm-hmm. think back to what we've talked about a little bit throughout the episode we have kind of these false narratives of, of marriage, of what hospitality looks like, of what motherhood looks like. And I always have valued in our friendship that she didn't feel a need to put that front on, you know, with me. Mm-hmm. And that taught me a lot. And I still 
you know, obviously I'm still, I'm still talking about her all the time on the show now, but that friendship was so special to me because of imperfection. Mm, That's a beautiful example. Okay. So I'm excited to hear you talk about this one. What three people do you need to consider each time you are hosting someone? Oh, well, obviously we all know one of the people you need to consider is the guests who's coming over. Um, and so I always try to think ahead about like, okay, what's going on in their lives? Have they recently moved? Did they have a child move out? Um, did their husband get a new job? Are they starting something new? Like just to kind of mentally kind of put myself in a position of thinking about them and like just the first question I might ask, I don't have to like go stalk their Facebook page or anything, but just thinking about them a little bit and what's happening in their life and, you know, Oh, I remember so-and-so has a nut allergy. So I'm not going to put those pecans on the salad, just yeah. little things like that. So I'm thinking about them. Uh, the next person, obviously that we think about is ourselves that we talked about earlier, like, okay, I'm an introvert. So that means if I do something every night, Monday through Thursday, uh, after work, and then I think I'm going to be in a place to host on Friday, that is going to be a horrible, horrible time for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so you have to know yourself and know your own personality and how you were created. And you got to allow yourself to be yourself. And so I know that if I plan on hosting people on a Friday night, that means I need to have kind of a quiet night on Thursday and have a quiet night on Wednesday and give myself time so that I can be in a peopley mood so that I can listen in the way they deserve to be listened to. Um, And even when it comes, and we talk about this in the book, like even when it comes to like thinking about the menu, if I'm cooking something, I'm really careful with, um, not trying to over prepare. Like I rely, I always say uh, you can get um, cook two things homemade and the rest is store bought or others brought like just semi homemade all the way because it's not about the meal. It's about the connection. So whatever it is that can be easy. So I am not with my six arms stirring and flipping and checking and you know, and my people are over sitting in the other room and I'm in the kitchen doing everything. No, I want to be ready for them. It's about them. So those are the two people. The next person is the people I used to forget about to the other people in your home and to kind of mentally prepare them. We all have family members that have different personalities and different expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have kids that have had a hard week at school. They're, some are on a different emotional level. Some are missing people and want to see everyone at the house all the time. Mm-hmm. Some really need some alone time. And so to set the expectation, and for me, that would be talking to my kids and my husband usually was pretty much aware. He was usually the one that invited people over. So we didn't really have to have a big conversation there. But a lot of times that meant, especially for my son, who's the introvert, um, to prepare him ahead of time, like days, like, okay, just to let you know on Friday, so-and-so's coming over, especially if they have kids. Um, and so if you want to put your Lego things up high, uh, you can, if you want to put them in the closet, if you, he knows that like, if we have someone over and they're there for all day, it's okay if he needs to go down the basement and play the piano alone for a little while. Like the expectation, yeah, if someone's over for two hours, we would like for you to uh, hang out with them. Yeah. But if they're going to be spending the night with us or there all weekend, uh, my expectation is not that they are an eight-year-old entertainer. Yeah. That's not going to happen. They need their alone time too. Like just in the same way that I was able to prepare, I need to teach my kids how to prepare for our guests as well. And so I know that I had to think about allowing 
oh, when is Gavin going to have his space? If we mm-hmm. have people staying in his room or, you know, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. when the people come, we just remind like, oh, come greet them. I'll call for you when they pull up. So I want you to come down and greet them and then ask them if they want to come in your room or whatever it is mm-hmm. to think about the other people in your home and their personality and how you can include uh, and teach, but not force and really honor who they are. Oh, that's so good. I love that. And it makes me think of an episode that we're going to have coming out in September. So this will have already came out and people can go back and listen. But Holly Girth is releasing a book this year called The Powerful Purpose of Introverts. And I am so excited about that book. We got to talk last week and man, it is going to be so good. I'm excited for just that message to go into the world. So just in thinking about if you are an introvert or you love introverts or you're in a home with introverts, that might be a good read, especially during the holiday season, just to gain a deeper understanding of how introverts are wired. I know it was helpful for me. I am an extrovert, but I love a lot of introverts. And so Holly even says in the book, you know, I'm not, she's an introvert and she'll say, you know, I'm not saying introvert over extrovert or anything like that. I just want to help people have a greater understanding of how to love and lead them. And um, so it's a helpful read. So you can go back and listen to our conversation if you haven't already. And maybe that'd be a good companion to your book during the holiday season. Okay. So this is so fun to get to talk about the holidays because it is my favorite time of year. And so while we're recording this far in advance, it's fun to talk about. So what are you most excited about as you approach the holiday season this year? Well, just because of my stage of life, we um, just moved our youngest son into college yesterday. So all Aww. of our kids are out of the house. So I look oh, forward wow. to my kids coming home and laughing together. They're so fun when they're older. Yeah. They're, hus- they're like the funniest people on earth to me. So it's just fun to see three brothers together joking, Mm. fixing the cars, making fun of the cat, leaving their stinky shoes everywhere, Mm. all of those things, just togetherness. The nester is an empty nester. Yes. (laughs) That's so exciting though for that new stage of life. That'll be fun when they, when they get to come home. I remember those times when I was in college and it was, my mom is one of the most hospitable people that I know. And it it was equally as fun for me to return home as it was, I think for her to prepare our home and just make it a special time and a special place. So I love that. Love that. Okay. So last question that I ask everybody that comes on the show, I'm excited to see what you have to say is what do you think is the, the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Oh, that's an easy question. Kidding. (laughs) 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 There are so many things. So many things. Um, I'll tell you right now, we're living in a fixer upper. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like unknowns going on. Like we, my husband and I just started hosting events at our house. And like right now where we are, we can't yeah. <laughs> host events. And so there's a lot of like, Oh, what, what are we doing? What do we do? Um, and so like my own mantra, so it's not necessarily advice someone gave me, but my own mantra that's kind of running through my head right now is do what you know, use what you have and finish what you started. And so mm-hmm. I can really get like out of my own head about like, Oh, I got to do this project. I got to do that project. There's so many things. Where do I start? And so to think about doing what I know and using what I have and finishing what I started kind of narrows that for me. Um, and it has applied to everything from the fixer upper to like writing a book, to my work, to working uh-huh. in the yard, like just crazy things. It's been a helpful, uh, 
little mantra. Oh, I love it. And that's so helpful during this time of year too, for people to hear. So (laughs) that resonates with everything we just talked about. So I love it. Okay. So tell everybody where they can connect with you, grab the book, all those things. Oh, well, of course the book is wherever books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, all of that. I hang out a lot on Instagram. I love it. It's so visual. My, um, you can find me at the nester and I have a website that has lots of different offerings based on where you are in your home journey. So I call that the academy, academy of home.com. And, um, I do classes. I have free events. We have stuff at our house. Once we're allowed to have stuff at our house, I have a festival. We have events for men. Um, we have, a community for people really wanting hands-on help. Like you can post photos of your room in your house and ask questions. There are so many different levels of things um, and it's really fun. So I have just really come to appreciate the online community. I love the world we're living in and the ability to like share and encourage each other. Um, I've just found that the, the home girls on Instagram and in the online world are so encouraging. It's such Mm -hmm. a lovely community. I love it. So fun. Okay. Well, this has been the most fun conversation. I can't wait for people to listen. So thanks for being my guest today. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you need anything from me at all, I'm super easy to find Rebecca Dotson George on Instagram and Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and hear how the show is encouraging you. And hey, let's help make it possible for even more listeners to be encouraged by hearing stories of my people doing the thing. There's a couple ways you can do that. One, by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And two, screenshot the show and share it on your Instagram stories. Oh, and make sure you tag me there so we can connect as well. All right. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. And thanks so much for listening to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast.